Welcome to the Sportswire Spotlight. I'm Will Catterley. Joining me, as always, Dylan Garner. Dylan, another crazy couple weeks of sports. Uh, this week, we are at Douglas Freeman High School, and we'll get into the reasons why in a few minutes. But my goodness, uh, now it's just football because we wrapped up volleyball, and I was thinking about this, and we were talking about this off, off camera. I've been to the Siegel Center, I think, the last six at least the last six years, because right. Glenn Allen won four years in a row, boys volleyball team. Deep run outside of that. Deep too. run was there. Um, occasionally, a girls team would make it to the finals, and I mean that just speaks to the quality and the depth of uh, of volleyball here in the, in Henrico County. Because at the end of the day, I, I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, Deep Run boys, tremendous season. They they lost in straight sets, unfortunately for them, to a really good Thomas Dale really team. Good. Um, Freeman had a tremendous year on the guy's side. They they fell in straight sets to Midlothian. So it's Midlothian, Thomas Dale for the title. So the first time in like six, seven years, we won't be covering a state championship in volleyball, which is insane. It was a great run. And we still, there, there's some really good teams that are be coming up. Um, the deep run girls as well. Uh, they fell. Uh, no shame in falling. They, you know, and again, moving up to class six in girls volleyball is a little yep. bit different because mm -hmm. And boys, five and six are, have always been combined, so it yeah. stays that way. That's why the deep run would get Thomas Dale previous years. I was about to say, yeah, Dale and Midlothian are always here pretty much no matter what. Yeah. If you're moving up and down, wherever you're going, they're going to be there. The Langley has had only one head coach their entire girls volleyball time that they've had that as a sport. She got her 500th win. Unfortunately, it came at the expense of deep run losing, but uh, a great year for them, and, and I think they'll be back in the fold. And um we wrap a bow on cross country too. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, you know interesting storylines heading into that. And Berkeley Nance, I mean, I I don't know, you know, who his main competition was necessarily, but he just he did so incredible again. Like he probably, you know, last year I think he was either ill or injured in the last meet of the season. Didn't get a chance to get that second title. Now he finally he gets it this year in you know truly dominant season from kind of front to back oh, yeah. everywhere he went he succeeded you know um so really wrapped the bow on his he's a senior right so wrapped mm -hmm. the bow on his cross-country career he's gonna have a lot left to do in track season which will start up soon yeah. but um really great to see him come away with another title really deserved really talented guy yeah really good kid too yeah. uh state championship for berkeley nance and mills godwin gets to put up uh, a championship um and that leads us into football, into why we're here. The best playoff game, Godwin might argue with me, because I was not there to see them upset number two, Louisa. Obviously, I was not in Roanoke to see William Fleming upset top-seeded Patrick Henry of Roanoke. <laughs> but I was at Hermitage. And the Hermitage Panthers football team, uh, Coach Pierre, Jean-Pierre, told me preseason, this is the youngest team that I've ever coached, but it's also the most talented. And I don't, I, you know, at the time you hear coaches say stuff like that, but I don't think he was wrong. That's a very talented football team. That's a team that uh, beat Freeman by double digits at Freeman right here. Freeman turned around. They had a game plan. I think they found their, their identity earlier in the year when they played Mills Godwin. Uh, we can be a physical, dominant running team. Yep. And they ran right through Godwin. I wasn't sure how you could run right through Hermitage. 
but they fell behind a couple of scores early in the game against well they had to match them score for score early but but they were behind until the last seconds of the first half and never looked back they never changed their strategy they kept running the football they kept running read option whether it was a running back whether it was quarterback Jaden reese had a phenomenal game had like an 89 yard touchdown run um and they and what it what it did was uriah harris phenomenal defensive end i love watching this kid play but when you have that mesh line where you make an athletic defender have to choose have to think do i try to sack the quarterback or do i go after the running back who has the ball here and if you execute that handoff or keeper perfectly it slows them down a step yeah. and man freeman had it going i mean they had over 400 yards rushing um and they had uh their their lead back work stevenson had like two 227 kevin china they've got a really nice physical running game in a 46 41 final and um that's one of the reasons why, why we're here because not only did freeman win they're going to be playing at home and we got a couple of great guests with uh head coach george bland uh and uh kind of their utility knife who yeah, plays on offense plays on on defense Swiss army knife uh the Shep Pounders uh joining us uh, uh take a look and listen uh that these two are uh kind of what embodies uh not only what this team has been but but the Freeman family uh overall absolutely and again joining us today here at Freeman High School head coach George Bland of the varsity football team for the Mavs and all everything senior football star Shep Pounders, otherwise known as Shep Quarter Pounders and Shep Quarter Pounders with cheese when he plays well. And he plays everywhere. Uh, we were just talking about Friday night. Obviously, as of today, you're one day removed from the regional semifinals, Coach. Uh, but that win against Hermitage, uh, amazing game, 46-41, goes down to the wire. Uh, your your post-game comments were pretty much to the effect of you knew that it would. Uh, how did you keep the team vested and focused on that game? Because it could have, there were points in the first half, that game could have gotten away from you guys. Yeah, it, it uh, definitely could have gotten away from us. And I think part of it was, it was a point of focus for us all week in practice. Uh, just to, we got to be resilient. They're going to have some big plays. We got to bounce back. But I think also there's this, there's this sense from a team that uh, was we were very competitive earlier in the season, ha had a great start to the year, but we knew that was it. I mean, we, we didn't have a choice. We, we, we had to come back and battle. And, and uh, so the kids' credit, they, they put it all out there, put it on the line. A man right here, Shep, had some huge plays at some big moments, and um, it, was, it was an exciting win for everybody in the community. And, Jip, for you, like – where does that rank among the wildest games you've played? I mean, that like, I, so I'm an Freeman alumni, you know, I know some, you know, of the history and stuff. And I know even recent history, that's about as good as it gets. Really. That, definitely. Uh, that was one of my most fun games at Freeman. So yes, sir. Yeah. And you play a ton of positions, but I do want to get back into the weeds here. It's it, you, you guys played Hermitage in the regular season, lost yeah. by two scores. Yep. You're down at one point, uh, you know, a couple of a couple of touchdowns to Hermitage at Hermitage, and you spent all week game planning to be a run first team, a read option team. How hard was it to stick with the script and not 
move out of out of what you planned? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, we got we kind of got caught in that trap in the last game of the regular season, although we ended up moving the ball and doing pretty well. But, you know, it's just what we do. And uh, it's who we're going to be. And we're going to be most successful when when we're doing that. And, uh, you know, the biggest difference is rather than going into our four minute offense and trying to burn clock, we just still did our same run game, but with a little bit more tempo to it. An absolutely crazy run game. Over 400 yards rushing. Uh, I think it was 227 from Warwick Butter Stevenson, yep. whose who's, yep. uh, sister called him Butter. That's yeah. how he got that nickname. <laughs> I did not come up with that. I was going to say, does everyone on the team now have like, a food name? Is that going to be the trend <laughs> should, from here on that's out? That's pretty good. I like it. Names. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Start the tradition. How important, uh, Coach, is it to have – I mean, we talked preseason about numbers, and Freeman, to me, is almost suddenly becoming, now you haven't won multiple state titles yet, but in terms of numbers for your football program, these numbers are rivaled to, like, Highland Springs or Verina numbers that we see in the East End, and those guys have won championships. Uh, but overall numbers is one thing. Quality of players is another. We have one right here with Shep, who, you know, sometimes you look at a roster and you're like, okay, we can plug this guy in here. He can play here. We can play here. And sometimes that just means like, uh, it's the bet fit, best fit for us at the time. Yeah. But Shep is actually good yeah. everywhere he plays. Explain yes, he that. Is. Well, you know, a big getting to the first part of your question. Uh, when I first took the job here, I knew in order to try and take the next step, we haven't fully taken that yet, but to take the next step, uh, we need to encourage and make this a great program for multi-sport athletes. And so that not only starts with recruiting in the halls or having relationships with the other coaches, it starts with our off-season training program and inviting and combining other sports, not just right. having football weightlifting, but athlete yeah. weightlifting and, and, and encouraging everybody to join us. And um, that obviously takes some buy-in from the sp uh, other coaches, and, and they're some of our best recruiters. And uh, so that, that's been huge. And I think also, you know, Shep, is a, he, he's a pretty busy, busy guy. And we had a little bit of a heart-to-heart -heart after your sophomore season. Yes, sir. And uh, Shep has a, a lot of goals beyond sports and beyond football. And I just uh, recognizing the, the sort of value he brings to our program. Uh, obviously, everybody's held to the same standards. But I right. said, Shep, don't cut out this potentially, you know, next two best years of your life and some of the experiences like Friday night because your goals for when you're 25, 26, 27. Like, I'm going to find a way to work with you. If you need mm -hmm. to miss a Saturday because you're running a food drive, you can, you can miss a Saturday workout. That's perfectly fine with me. But I knew that the value he'd bring not only on the field but in the locker room and in the building in the classroom would uh, pay huge dividends, and it has. And I, and I hope the experience Friday night for you, Chef, made it all <laughs> worth it. Yes, sir. That's, well, Absolutely. He, and he opened up some big plays uh, in the running game at tight end on Friday night that was the difference for you guys as well? I, a huge. And I mean, th that's no easy task, what he had. Uh, number 90 for Hermitage is arguably one of the best, best defensive ends yeah. uh, we've seen, you know, I've ever seen. And uh, we, we knew that'd be a challenge. And, and Shep didn't, didn't blink twice. He's, yes, sir. And just like he always does with everything and just stuck his nose in there, literally. And, uh, and, and, it, and it had some good results. And Shep, for, you know, maybe some people that haven't watched you every Friday the last couple of years, like, um, can you describe what positions you're playing and kind of, I mean, it, it's going to be a long list. I just know, but, um, but also, you know, the work that it takes to be able to master or, you know, do your best to master so many different things and be that like Swiss army knife almost for your coach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our team, I want to start by saying our team has a ton of great athletes. Yeah. 
And so, obviously, J-Bo at quarterback, we have great running game. So what I've been trying to do is just step in at those positions where I'm needed. Mm -hmm. And that might I might not be needed the whole game, but I might be needed for this play. Yeah. And so I'm happy to take that role of doing my best on that one rep, and hopefully that pays dividends. Yeah. So I'm by no means the, the star player of Freeman football, oh, absolutely, but, I, but I fill in where I, I can. But, yes, I mean, it's uh, we – I'm a big NFL person, right? You know, whatever pro sport, college sport you want to compare this to, there's not always the one person at the center that's better than everyone else that's winning a championship, right? It requires a lot of people that do multifaceted things or maybe a leadership position. Whatever that role is, those are equally as important, right? And when you have that blend, right, it seems like talent, leadership, like, and buy-in, I think is kind of what you were describing before with, like, you know, you have to care about this and it'll make sense for you to care about it. It seems like all that's kind of swirling and working at the same time right now. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, you know, to Shep's credit, I think, you know, we're, we're so cynical in today's world to kind of have blind trust yeah. and especially especially blind trust of authority figures. And we're seeing it. You know, I've been coaching a long time. You see it a lot less yeah. than you used to see it. I mean, it used to be when we were young, it's like you just trust the coach. Yeah. Like that's, that's just what you do. Mm -hmm. And uh we're not being raised to do that anymore yes, in, in, sir, any, no, in any sort of facet. So th the fact that Shep in the offseason just bought in and even in, in spring stuff when we're going through installs, there was no position he was starting at, but he was learning five or six different positions. And I just I pulled him aside and I said, please trust me. We, we know how valuable, how valuable you are. And I know it's probably difficult right now because we're putting you in a million places. Right. You're going to play a ton of football. You're going to make a, a huge impact, which he's done. And, and the great thing about that is kind of the, uh, the ripple effect from that yeah. uh, for all the rest of the players. And, and as Shep mentioned earlier, he's not the only one doing that. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we've got a, uh, a team full of guys that uh, have changed positions, yeah. have made sacrifices, maybe are not getting the ball as much as they were. Maybe in the middle of the season, things are changing for them. Sure. But they're still buying into the product that we put up on the field well and i we're at the we're in the actual coach's office we're in the football room yes um and you can't see it on camera but i mean there are phrases hard work uh, right behind me attitude is everything. lombardi back here yeah, yeah lombardi saying what the hell is going on out there? <laughs> uh, the podcast. Uh, but character matters especially yeah. i mean it matters in the nfl it matters at college matters in life but in terms of football high school football character matters and i could see uh the rub off from a lot of kids like yourself, Jeff, um, and and others, because you were the last team that was undefeated in Henrico County at five and zero, yeah. and you lost two straight. It would have been easy to take that adversity and fall off. Yes. Instead, you guys got back up. Talk about the kids' character and how that worked for your team. Yeah, well, I, you know, I gotta admit it, it was pretty tough, wasn't it, Chef? Yes, sir. I mean, it was yes, tough because I yeah. mean. You know, I, obviously we love getting attention, but uh, I'm also someone, and I think as a team, it, it's kind of nice when you're flying under the radar a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, but when you're not flying on, under the radar and you got a target on you, it, it gets it gets a little tougher because everybody's bringing their best. And um, we had some soul searching to do there in the middle of the season in, in a lot of different ways because all of a sudden things that you believe to be true, all of a sudden, wait, that didn't work? You know, mm -hmm. what's going on here? And... Uh, to the kids' credit, and 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 also to the staff's credit, I mean, we have we have an amazing coaching staff, and I'm not just talking X's and O's in in football, but um, I've really put a huge emphasis on hiring men of character to kind of lead us through uh, those challenges. And all the men on staff, just like all of us here, 
have been through a lot of challenges, but these guys have really been had their backs against the wall a lot and have uh, carried themselves forward in a very um, in a very remarkable way. And I think it just kind of we we all we all rub off on each other and and uh, and and support each other when we need to be picked up. You got a lot of players that play a lot of positions. Shep is one of them. We got a lot of different leaders. A, a lot of kids, like you said, stepped up. A lot of coaches that provide leadership on the field. And I want to get back to football a little bit later. But Shep, I don't, I don't know how you have time to do what you do <laughs> off the field. By the way, he just turned eighteen yesterday. So happy birthday! Happy birthday. Thank, Thank you. Birthday. Thank you. I, that, yeah, that should have been the lead right there. <laughs> happy birthday! Uh, but you run a business. You run a charity, you're an Eagle Scout, you're the National Honor Society treasurer. Where do you want where would you like to start, Chef? <laughs> we'll hit these. Where did all this start? Yeah. <laughs> we'll still hit it. And you and you started you started your own business in middle school. How's that going, by the way? It's going well. So I've recently had to cut back a little bit just because I need to prioritize college and stuff like that. But it's um, done more for me than I expected it to when I started it. I did it basically just not have to be paid minimum wage. I could decide when I wanted to work. And so... Be your own boss. That's cool. Yes, exactly. What and is it that you do? So I do small engine repair. So okay. if your mower doesn't run when you pull it out, I uh, fix it for you. If your chainsaw is running rough, all that stuff. So, But I started it just to get an extra dollar, basically, and it kind of turned into... Um, where I got my confidence from, if that made sense. As a middle schooler, it's kind of hard to find your voice. And sure. so that business um, helped me gain confidence and competency in what I was doing, not just within the business, but in the school building and gave me drive, basically. And um, was that something that you worked on with family members? Like, did you, was that passed on that ability to work on engines? It was. So yeah. my dad gave me that skill just because he knew I'd be driving. He uh, owns a transportation business himself yeah. with his brother, uh, Wind Transportation. So he's been around engines his whole life, and it was sort of passing that down to me, and I figured I'd use it a little bit differently yeah. than anyone else had. I think and, my lawnmower yeah. has a leak. Actually, got <laughs> yeah. came to the right place. I know. I was going to say we should That's a real reason sell them. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were just talking about character and, um, you had gotten some media attention from, you know, our friend Lane and some others about kind of your, you know, philanthropy and charity efforts. And, um, I believe one is called what, uh, cookies for kids cancer. Kids is that what it's called? Yes. How, maybe start with, you know, why like philanthropy and charity, why that maybe is a bone that you already have. Some people develop that, you know, understand the importance of that stuff. Where did that start for you? Like, why was that an important thing that you've developed before you're even at college or an adult and you know how did you how has this operation been going for you because it seems like it's just been wildly successful yes so I credit most of that to my parents um, I started with cookies for kids cancer before I knew the word philanthropy mm -hmm. so by them introducing it to me I was able to help out and I didn't really realize what I was doing yeah but I knew that I was a lot more fortunate than a lot of people and I think what's carried me through is keeping that in mind that I have all these great things, but there's people who don't have much. And if I'm able to give back, I feel that's the best thing to do. And also by being more selfless, I've seen that not only my, my character, but other aspects of me have improved by focusing not on myself, but on others. You know, it's, it's interesting because 
we don't really feel or, or understand the impact of something like cancer until we see it face to face. Like it's one thing to hear about it and hear a statistic like, oh, so many different families are affected by cancer. But then you meet somebody or you know somebody with it, then it starts to hit home. Was, was there ever a, a situation, a scenario where you're like, whoa, this, this is real and, and what I'm doing um, is, is bigger than me and, and what I'm doing makes sense? Absolutely. Even, even this year, we were doing our bake sale, and this didn't happen to me, but it happened to my mom. Um, my little brother, he'll be taking it over next year, but he go. worked from 9 to 12. And so right when we started at 9, an older gentleman came up to my mom and uh, donated and said that his grandson had died to cancer. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that gave a lot of energy, obviously, to our group, just kind of ha having that hit to the heart. But there's been countless occurrences where not only cancer, but other things in the community that affect everybody have happened. And so I think it's important to keep that in mind. And, you know, we, we've read and seen, you know, the media appearances you've made. But if you just want to share, like, how much money you guys have been able to raise throughout this stuff over the years or even this year? Because I think this has been kind of a banner year for y'all's operation. Has, definitely. It was a huge team effort. I can't thank my friends enough for coming out every year and helping me. It's been a, a big ordeal. But this year we raised uh, $9,000. Wow. 4500 was it was ours, and then it was matched by OXO. So that's how much we raised this year. And then in the past years, we'd raised $30,000 for Cookies for Kids Cancer. outstanding. That's really, really cool. Yes, sir. And, uh, Coach, I wanted to ask you, like, I, so when I was here, the Freeman family was always the phrase they like to use, right? And I'm, still gets I'm used. sure, I'm sure yeah. it gets used, used quite yeah. a bit, right? Um, you know, and I think the school has made a point, you know, throughout the, uh, is it, is it Maverick? Is it Project Maverick? Is that what that's called yes. now? Yes, Project Maverick. Project, yep. You know, trying to give to other communities or our community, right, within the school, outside of the school. And, you know, when you see that in Shep, right, this is something that he's done for so long and he's a part of your kind of unit and he's kind of like a shining example of how you can balance, you know, something like athletics, right? Be there on Friday, play a good game, but also just be like a good community member. What do you see out of him that's so special in that respect of being, you know, so charitable and so just so connected to the community around him? Yeah, well, I mean, every everything you hear, right? I mean, his uh, unbelievable involvement in every facet, and, and and what you see is what you get. Yeah, all the time, right? Even when the times are tough, or we're in the middle of two a days, or whatever, and uh, he just really, I mean, kind of fits the mold for our the mission of our football program is to become a perennial uh, contender for a state title while developing young men of character. Yeah, that, that's our that's sure. our mission. It goes into a little bit more detail, but that that's the mission, right? And. Um, Shep kind of turned it upside down in the sense that <laughs> no, he's no kind of turning the coaches into men of character <laughs> just by being around them, right? Yeah. So uh, he he fits that mold. He lives it every day, and um, you know he carries it in every facet of his life. And I can't wait to see kind of, you know what happens in the future here, whether it be in one of the service academies or or whatever. But yes, sir. you know, as I mentioned in an interview with Lane. Don't forget me. I want to be in, in your cabinet somewhere. You know. That's right. Save You're me a position. Nice yeah. Presidential yeah. aspirations yeah. at some yeah. point, perhaps. <laughs> we could probably need some need some other. It would, it would be. Hey, I'd, I'd vote for him now. <laughs> right now. I think a He's lot of people might. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got the resume. Yeah. So um, there you go. Unbelievable. Uh, but going going back to that character, I do want to touch on it one more time before back to your upcoming opponent, uh, William Fleming, down in Roanoke. 
it rubs off on the kids. Yes. I'm assuming it rubs off on the players. You already said it. It's your mission. Um, how does it rub off, though? Because we just assume that it does. Uh, yeah. But you see, you see everybody every day in practice. Yeah. And, and you see the reps, and you see them getting better as players. But you also see the development as, uh, of your team as, as people, yeah. right? Well, I, I think it's the consistency of it. I mean, we spend a lot of time with each other. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. I mean, really 12 months a year, but when we're in the season, I mean, it's it's a whole lot of hours together, much more time than you spend with your family. Yeah. And just the consistency of it day in and day out. So really, you know, with younger guys that are new to the program and kind of watching our older guys and watching Shep, you know, day one it may not take effect. Day two it may not take effect. Maybe they miss it some days, but it's the consistency of it over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, we have a real big push in our program uh, for self-accountability, and he helps lay the groundwork for this along with the other seniors that I don't, I don't keep attendance at, at weightlifting. Well, we, don't, we don't keep attendance how many times if you uh, come to this practice or this workout. We don't do that. We don't hold a timer on them. When they're done with their lift, they're allowed to leave. We don't all have to leave at the same time. And it's risky a little bit. And mm-hmm. there are guys that kind of, you know, get away with some things. But Slack at the end of the, the day. accessories, just do the main <laughs> stuff and leave. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, I'm, and then I'm go. guilty of that too, yeah. actually. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we're not going to win championships with those guys behaving like that. Sure. And we're not going to win championships if we're the ones as coaches having to tell them, you, you need to get back here and do that. Mm-hmm. We're not, yep. it, it has to come from within. That's a waste of your time, right? It's, it's a waste of our time. It's a waste of energy. And I'd rather celebrate the guys doing it the right way. And sure. ultimately, their leadership, got, you see it happening all the time with guys. It and sometimes it, ta- it sets the standard. Yeah. And sometimes it takes years. And, in, and instead of taking a lot of our energy as coaches and as leaders worried about the negative stuff, we're focusing our energy on the positive things. Yeah. And uh, it's just a different approach um, than maybe traditionally you know, people have been able to do. But I feel like in today's society, what we talked about earlier in the podcast, it, it's kind of how you have to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, I it's think... It's fun to see. Yeah, focusing on the positive, I think, has a, has a really... You know, it's a, diff- it's a different culture, right? Different times. Yeah. But like, I do think focusing on the positive as, listen, we're not doing this because you're being forced to. Right. Yeah. You're not doing this because it matters to me. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it matters to the people around you and also taking personal responsibility for growth and all these things. Right. I think that's a valuable kind of lesson for coaches. Right. And that that balance is different. Right. But it's still, you know, really important. It can be of, a tough balance. Yes. And absolutely. But, but when, when you get it right. Yeah. Gosh, it's a much better way of living. Exactly. Now, we'll tell you, it's not perfect, and exactly. I'm not perfect. Sure. Oh, It'll never be perfect. You've been on the sidelines with <laughs> me, well. I mean, you know. Or, I'm Shep, not what are you laughing either. at, Shep? Stop laughing. I'm not perfect either. When I see you guys run a really well-meshed um, you know, read option play, and I follow the wrong person, I know you're doing it right. If you trick the camera, you yeah. probably trick the defense. Yep. yep. I mean, that's like happened that. to me a number of times. I don't. It means I missed the highlight. I'm like, run it again. Don't worry, we will. Um, I, I do want to get back to football, though. It's, this is really rare um, that as a four seed, you go into a game and you just hope to win so that your season continues. And you know you're going to have to travel to Roanoke to do that. Midway through the game, word starts trickling down that, no, you're actually playing for something more. You're playing for the potential to host a home game in the second round. Did you hear any of that, uh, Shep, during the game? And how did you like kind of put that... Because you still had a still had a mission to accomplish there. Hermitage wasn't done yet. Yes, sir. So the thing that was preached throughout the week was basically who wants it more, and so we all heard the news, 
we weren't focused on that at the time. We were we were wanting to win that game, and so I think everybody heard it, and everyone right. brushed it right off their back, and they're ready to go out for the second half and beat Herm. And you took care of business, 46-41. You get William Fleming, the number eight seed, who beat the number one seed, Patrick Henry or Roanoke. Huge. Oddly enough, the number two seed, Louisa, goes down to your rivals, Mills Godwin. So if the stars aligned and they're able to somehow beat Matoka on the road and you guys were able to take care of business, you guys could meet, but that's what we talk about. I know you haven't focused on that yet because <laughs> no. it's not there. Tell me about William Fleming, Coach. What do you, what do you got uh, there? William What's the challenge? Fleming, I'll tell you what, they have a new coach this year, and uh, watching them on tape, we talked earlier, they they uh, they remind me a lot of Hermitage just mm-hmm. in the way um, they're going to line up, be super aggressive, come right at you, and um, schematically they remind me of them. But, you know, I think what has impressed me the most with them is they do what they do, mm-hmm. meaning – they're going to line up. They're very intentional about what they're trying to do. They're putting the ball in the athlete's hands and, and allowing them to make plays. And, uh, you know, I think what actually struck me most watching film that I appreciated is uh, at the end of their game against Patrick Henry, a huge win for them, rival on the road, yeah. eight over one. They had lost to him earlier in the year. A couple of their players in the background were waving to the opposing fans. And I love the fact that their head coach, instead of celebrating the win at the time, turned around, went to those guys and told them, be respectful back Stop off doing that. yeah and, and and i appreciate that because i think we need more of that in uh in high school football and, and <laughs> in football in general i think we've just created such a um i don't know such a highlight driven snippet yeah. sort of thing that it's it, it's encouraging kids to behave in ways that uh that i don't think are useful for for things beyond football so the, i, I the appreciate talk moments of the world. Yeah. exactly <laughs> you're, you're exactly right so so immediately i know they're well coached yeah. I mean, they're they're uh, they're going to be coached up, ready to roll, and um, I think we're going to have our you know we're, we're going to have one heck of a test, um, both you know containing their athletes, but also dealing with their physicality. Shep, what do you got to do to win? We just got to want it more. That's what it really comes down to, and that's what's been like I said, preached throughout this week. It's it's our coach uh, Humphrey. He gives us <laughs> a speech on Wednesdays, and so this week was about burning the bridge, basically. When you burn the bridge, there's no turning back, and so it's whoever wants it more. So we've burned our bridge, and we're ready to go out on Friday. Well, I think we're all really excited to see that, and I know you know the possibilities at the end of the season could yeah. be immense, and I think uh, you know all the Henrico community will be watching closely, y'all and Godwin, and even you know we got Highland Springs of Orion is still around, so. Really fascinating storylines everywhere, but you know, really awesome to see y'all's success, especially like I I think this timed up about as perfectly as we could have asked, right? Talking to y'all after such a big game, yeah, such a big moment for this program. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, (laughs) are they gonna ditch me if they lose to Hermitage here? (laughs) We would never ditch you. (laughs) This might have been a little more somber. Yeah, um, (laughs) but you know, we wish you guys luck, and you know. we're really excited to see kind of you know maybe another classic in the works sure and and shep for you personally i know my my daughter's a senior too so i get excited every time she gets an acceptance letter right (laughs) or an acceptance email i'm sorry back in the day we got letters Um, (laughs) much nicer yeah it is like because the parents could see them where does your daughter go to school she center for the arts that's right high school you told me so yeah emory and henry uh vcu um shenandoah i was just in shenandoah this past week have you been up there I've driven past the exit that says Shenandoah. <laughs> a gorgeous facility. Taking her to JMU. Part of the state as well. So. Oh, okay. A couple All weeks. Right. Dukes. So, yeah. Right. yeah. Where, where are you looking at? The, where, where's everyone been offering you? I heard the Naval Academy is 
Yes, sir. So the Naval Academy, it's its its own beast. So there's a lot that goes into that. But I think a big part of it right now with so much uncertainty is just sort of um, leaning on my faith. And so that's been a big part of running the business with these charities is just knowing that while everything seems like it's swirling around, it's really just falling right into place. So that's just awesome. keeping that and trust. One last question just about your future. Just you know, where do you see this kind of foundation that you built of charity, philanthropy, community? What is the next version of that for you? Obviously, service academies have certain portions of that, right, built into it. But, you know, where do you see the future of that, you know, being as an adult? Yeah, so uh, there's a great speech by Admiral McRaven to the Texas graduating class. And what he did was he basically broke down the math, and it was however many people. And mm -hmm after a certain amount of generations, that class would have changed the world. And so going forward, I just hope to be one of those that if you do the math right, I affect the next person's life, they affect the next, and hopefully by the end of that, something special will happen. But Sounds we'll a lot like paying it forward, and we're going to look forward to you guys on Friday night here at, at Douglas Freeman against, Fre uh, against uh, William Fleming, and uh, hope you guys come out with a victory. And that bell means we're just about out of time, guys. I appreciate you joining us and being part of the Sports Wire Spotlight today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. And that was our interview with Shep and Coach Bland. Really just, I mean, we think we got caught lightning in a bottle, right, with how amazing this week has been for them. Yeah. Um, the combination of that and Shep's personal story with, you know, his philanthropy and stuff and um, a great conversation about football everything in between really I, I i keep finding it remarkable that everywhere we go there seems to be like a, re a really remarkable um very genuine dynamic between coach and player yes uh, regardless everywhere. of the sport whether yeah. it's cross country football volleyball jrotc everything in between yeah um but you could see especially when we talked and asked shep the the question of of how you know the cookies for kids with cancer and 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 his role in doing that how important it was to him uh especially when when he you know would meet someone who was affected by cancer yeah and he was genuinely moved by that it's really cool to see what he's doing and it's i don't i i know george wasn't messing around when he when he when he said I think I told this guy jokingly when I brought it up to Lane, I, you know, he may have a cap or a presidency. If he has it, I want, want to be on his cabinet because yeah. this kid looks like a future leader to me. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah. I mean, again, I feel like I've said this multiple times. I'm really glad we've been able to do this show because it has melded the combination of these are great sports talks, right? But really getting to know the people, whether it's the coach or yeah. teachers or students and student athletes. So, um, just embodies that whole mission of what we've been trying to do here. And I think we, we really <laughs> have gotten fortunate that there's I, yeah. a lot of great people around the county to cover. I, right. I mean, as, as much fun as it is for a five-second clip so I can say, Shep, quarter pounder with cheese. Pounder. But that's all you get. I mean, now we, you get to see the person behind that uh, making that play, and that's, yeah. what's, that's what's pretty special about this. And um, uh, we wanted to touch a little bit on the games we got the rest of the way because yeah. we still have four teams left, including Freeman. So mm -hmm. um, if you just want to touch on you know, what we're seeing tomorrow, really. Uh, so I, I will be back here. Um, again, again, Freeman probably not in their wildest dreams thought they'd be hosting a playoff game. First, they have to beat Hermitage, and then they have to have some chaos happen. That's kind of the theme of the week for Sportswire, too. If you tune in and watch that, it was chaos. But 
So they get a home game against Fleming, and we heard it from Coach Bland, a very disciplined, well-coached team. Carries, they carry themselves the right way. Um, I know people are going to be like, oh, well, Freeman should dominate this because they're the five seed and Fleming's the eight seed. But yeah. remember, these are two teams. William Fleming is in Roanoke. Patrick Henry of Roanoke is obviously in Roanoke. So they know each other. Yeah. They, they know what they do, kind of like Freeman and Godwin know what they do. But Ryan and Highland Springs, they know what they do. They know what they bring to the table. So I think it'll be a really interesting game. It'll be a really interesting matchup. It'll be the, one of those typical which team executes, which team doesn't have you know, bad penalties, which team doesn't turn the ball over type of games. And, and both teams like to run the football a lot. So yeah. you, could see, you could see a shortened game. On the flip side, and, and that's, that's Region 5C. Yeah. So th there's, a, there's a way for... If this happens for us, this would be fantastic. There's a way for Freeman and Godwin to meet up in the <laughs> regional championship for 5C. I mean, has that, has that like ever happened in football? No, I mean, because the thing is, so I, I was thinking about that because trying to think back to the district era. Well, in the district stuff, era, right? it couldn't happen yeah. because you could go nine and one in your district and not go to the playoffs back then. Yeah. And back in the day, you had to win your colonial dominion capital. You had to win your district just to get in, and then you'd have those the top of each of the four districts play in the playoffs. Yeah. Now it's a different story. So, you know, Godwin and Freeman have always been part of the Colonial. So even with all the changing and everything else, they've never had an opportunity until recently. Well, they've had opportunities, but they've never been good enough and had things kind of shake out their stars way. Stars are kind of aligning right. Right, right there at the end of one more star yeah. needs to align and – you get one of the biggest matchups these schools have ever had. Yeah, if, really. if the and and look, Godwin, hats off to Godwin. They played a heck of a game because I, I gotta tell you what, the week before the playoffs, I was at Godwin senior night. Glenn Allen smoked him. It wasn't close. Godwin looked not good versus versus Glenn Allen, and then they turn it right around, and they take out the number two seed in Louisa. It was a terrific football team. Um, and, and it wasn't like, and they, they led Godwin led by, by, by 10 points late in that game. Louisa came back. Godwin got a touchdown, uh, got a two point conversion with under 25 seconds to go and then scored a, a, a random really late touchdown. And, and the score looks a little more lopsided, but that, that came down to the last seconds. So we have a, that's five C we have a potential Godwin Freeman mm -hmm. matchup, uh, for regional title. And then we've got. One team in Class Four, one team in Class Six. The usual uh, I think suspects. you can guess who that those are. <laughs> yeah. So Verina is in four. Um, they have a big game coming up. They'll be at home uh, against an upstart Huguenot team that that has not been that great for years. But guess what? I mean, Huguenot is a legitimately a very good football team, fresh off a win uh, against Elsie uh, Bird. Every, that's all you got to say. Two, something like that. Yeah. They've they've had a they've had a tremendous year so far, um, and Verina's going to have to be ready to play. I mean, I I know and watching Verina throughout the year, you know, um, they can play with anybody and they can beat anybody. They can even potentially beat um, a juggernaut like Highland Springs with a freshman JV quarterback who throws three touchdowns against the defending state champion. So. They are not to be trifled with. However, they can be beaten too. So they they know Verina knows they got to bring their A game. But if they do, they are very 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 tough to beat, especially on Route Five. Yeah, that they all and pride in taking. We learned from Coach Bland kind of their mindset here at Freeman. Mm -hmm. That kind of mindset of 
we got to move on to the next thing. Even if something's exciting, even if something bad happens, the next thing is always the most important thing here. And I think sure. all of the coaches in this area that are getting this far yeah. are going to have that in their mind of, yeah, we could be the team that gets knocked off. And yeah. that's not going to surprise anyone. So we have to put in as much possible. We have to want it more, like Shep said. Yeah, he, twice, didn't, so. he didn't want to hear about a potential Freeman Gaba matchup. Yeah. He's, he's, he knows he's going to have hands it, full enough on Friday. Right. They, they, tomorrow. Yeah, that's all about their tomorrow game. Uh, and then and then wrapping it up, obviously, uh, I, you know, not on purpose, maybe best for last Highland Springs. Um, they are uh, a, a, another tremendous year for them. They're, they're rounding into form. Um, that one loss to Maury, close game against uh, Manchester. Uh, they have a home game coming up as well. Uh, and these are two powerhouse names. Highland Springs, Oscar Smith. Oscar Smith Ooh. ended Glen Allen's season last week in a really good game. They also beat Hermitage week one of the season. But you better believe at Highland Springs, that will Oscar Smith's fans travel really well. They're really talented receivers in that passing game. They're going to try to attack Highland Springs with from their quarterback through the air a number of times. This is not going to be a team like Highland Springs facing the first round against Cosby that's going to run the football, run the football, run the football. Highland Springs will dominate you up front. And they, they better in this game because they, they do not want those wide receivers getting loose. But like I said, Oscar Smith will travel. It'll be a heck of an atmosphere on a Friday night. Yeah. I mean, Highland Springs, Oscar Smith, uh, maybe the two biggest public school programs in Virginia. Sure. Right. As far as just the, you know, p the players that leave their, yep. you know, go on to play college and the notoriety they have for how great they are. Um, hard to imagine a much better matchup, especially when, like, you know, if they lose, if Highland Springs loses now, it's it's done. So yeah. you know, it's it's huge stakes, and a couldn't ask for a bigger game, you know, in this situation. Yeah, it's definitely winner go home mode. On that note, maybe maybe we ought to go home. Um, <laughs> heck of a heck of an interview though. Uh, love being here at at Douglas Freeman. We wish them uh, success in the next round, Absolutely. obviously against William Fleming. Uh, fingers crossed. We'd love to see a, a, a Freeman Godwin rematch uh, for for the uh, region title at five C. Oh yeah. But uh, uh, we'll see what happens. But another another great uh, show, another great Sportswear Spotlight. Uh, for Dylan Carner, I'm Will Catterley. And thank you for tuning into this week's Sportswear Spotlight.